the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Well, if you've been paying attention to crime in Columbus over the past almost three years, you know that the city has a violence problem. Lately, you may have come to the conclusion that we have a problem that is claiming far too many teenage lives uh, via murder. Uh, You know you have a problem when news stations are reporting that you've had three teenagers murdered in the past week when the actual number is four. I'll give you the details as we begin a Monday edition of the Bruce Woolley Show here on the Answer Network, 94.5 in Dayton, 98.9 in Columbus. Yes, last night in Columbus, we had a 17-year-old girl shot near the Kroger on North High Street. It is located remarkably close to Wineland Park Elementary School and Wineland Park. Now, it was not in the park, so I will not say it was in the park, but when it's a couple blocks from the park, to me that's problematic because, first of all, uh, bullets travel a distance, and it's possible, as it certainly would have been possible a week ago today, for the bullets that were fired and that killed 17-year-old lovely Kendricks outside Franklin Park. It was possible then for those bullets to have gone into Franklin Park and killed someone because she died right outside the park. After her murder, Columbus Assistant Police Chief Lashana Potts assured the community that our city's parks are overwhelmingly safe. Uh, Not so much as we've had, as I reported, more than a handful, more than five teenagers killed at more than five city parks over the last year. I do not consider that to be overwhelmingly safe. It is indisputable that it is not overwhelmingly safe to be a teenager in the city of Columbus because last Wednesday, two days after the shooting death of lovely Kendricks, we had a 13-year-old boy, Sinze Reed, shot and killed outside his apartment in the Hilltop neighborhood. And then last night, we had, as I said, a 17-year-old girl shot. She walked into Nationwide Children's Hospital, or I don't know how she walked in or whatever, but she died at 945. Her name is Anaya Ely. So Anaya Ely's family is mourning, just like lovely Kendrick's family is mourning, is mourning just like Sinze Reed's family is mourning. And those are three murders of teenagers in Columbus in the past week. 
and that is noted on various websites around town to be the 114th homicide in the city this year. However, on September the 25th, there was a shooting outside the Queen of Hearts pub on East Livingston Avenue. In that shooting, 30-year-old Shamira Rhodes was murdered. And her sister, 17-year-old Katera Griffin, was also shot. And I'm sad to say that Shatera Griffin, after 10 surgeries, died on Saturday night from the injuries that she suffered in that shooting. She was the sister, the sister of 30-year-old Shamira Rhodes. So a mother has lost two daughters. Maybe they have two different mothers. Maybe two mothers have lost each a daughter. But I would think it would be pretty self-evident that Family members loved and were impacted by these two very young women, 30 and 17. Now the 17-year-old Katera Griffin uh, has died, what, two weeks, three weeks after her sister was shot and killed. Is anybody in the city administration, mayor's office, city council, going to own the fact that what they are doing is decidedly not working. I'm not saying that what they're doing or attempting to do is not worth doing or worth attempting to be done, but they like to talk around the edges of these issues by coming up with programs that will give more kids stuff to do. Are they working hand-in-hand with Columbus City Schools. Maybe. I know they have some initiatives. My dad used to say to me, you know, working hard and working smart are two different things. I'll give the city the benefit of the doubt. I'll give the mayor, who I very rarely give the benefit of the doubt to because he very rarely deserves it. I will give Mayor Ginther and Shannon Harden, the city council president, the benefit of the doubt that they are sincere in wanting this kind of senseless loss of lives to end. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt that they are troubled by it and that they are, let's just give them the benefit of the doubt, working hard to fix it. They are not working smart because if they were working smart, the number wouldn't be four when everyone thinks it's three teenagers who have died in the past week, who have been murdered in the past week. And I don't think there's any appreciable progress or headway to be made in these issues unless and until the progressive leaders of our city stop trying to reimagine how to tackle modern-day problems And realize that an effective way to tackle modern-day problems is with actions and attitudes that have proven successful in the past. They've not proven popular in the past. They certainly are not popular now, but they nevertheless have a proven track record over time. What am I talking about? I'm talking about discipline. I'm talking about accountability. And I'm talking about consequences. 
I'm talking about punishment. Oh, well, now, you know, I'm way over the line of what's allowed. Maybe. Maybe I'm over the line of what's allowed. I believe firmly that I am not at all over the line on what works. Because... Obviously, the newfangled way of dealing with juveniles who get involved in criminal activity, I don't think that's working. We have an unbelievable pace of 10,000 car thefts in this calendar year that we are on by juveniles. By juveniles. We have juvenile offenders literally laughing at police. Remember the incident in Whitehall? Kid comes out of the convenience store. Cops have him hemmed in. He tries to ram his way out. They arrest him with guns drawn. And he's laughing at them. He's laughing at them. Why is he laughing at them? Because he's laughing at them because as many juveniles have told police, who have then told me, they tell us on their way to the juvenile detention facility, I'll be out in an hour. And they are out in an hour. So this is troubling to me that we are allowing young lives to be snuffed out. This is troubling to me that we are allowing young lives to believe that they are above the law, which then entices them to escalate their antisocial behavior, which not only ends up ruining their lives, but ruinings ruins the lives of those who are very unfortunately and very unjustly caught in the backwash of their delinquency. And so I, I throw up my hands because I do not know how you can possibly talk sense into people who have the power to do something about this but cannot be moved off their partisan attitudes that the old ways are antiquated and outdated or racist or whatever other label they want to apply to them. Over the weekend, I learned of the very tragic death of a basketball coach in Western Ohio who I got to know just a little bit because I covered two games he coached. And in the very first game I saw him coach, his team was winning handily, and the other team's fans were not taking it well. And they started to do what fans often do. They started to blame the 25- or 30-point deficit in the final minute on the three guys wearing officiating uniforms. And every time the whistle blew, they screamed and yelled and whatever. And so eventually a couple of them got thrown out And as they became angry and unruly, their players became, for their team, became angry and unruly. And this coach called a timeout and told his players, remember who we are, remember what we're about. We don't act this way. That kind of instruction, that kind of leadership, that kind of truth is missing from our city administration. So tonight is the big uh, Tim Ryan, J.D. Vance second debate. It will be in the Mahoning Valley uh, where uh, 
They've lost 50,000 manufacturing jobs since Tim Ryan went to the Senate 20 years ago. Uh, It will be opposite, I believe, the Indians and Yankees, excuse me, Guardians and Yankees (laughs) playoff game. Tonight is that not a night game, Alan Rogers, producer of today's Bruce Hooley show? I don't know. I think yeah. You do tonight. not know? Let's That's Google. Tonight. It's tonight. That's tonight. Is it tonight? Uh, guards, the guards and the Guardians and Yankees yeah, tonight. It's tonight. Yeah, is tonight the night the Guardians break all their fans' hearts, or will they win tonight and then break them against the Astros or against the National League in the World Series? When will it be tonight <laughs> or later? Because you know it's coming, right? Hey, they're the youngest team. Yeah, they are the youngest team. And being uh, a Guardians fan, I figured this out yesterday. Being a Guardians fan is like dating. An addict. It's going to end bad. You just don't know when or how bad. Uh, They have not won a World Series since 1948. Okay? In the years where they are good enough to win it all, they choke. And in the years like this where they are not good enough to win it all, they make you think they are good enough and you get invested. I will not be fooled. I will not be invested. I will watch and I will watch all my friends get their hearts broken thinking that the Guardians are going to win the World Series. They are not. Just telling you the truth. This is a truth show. If they think the Yankees are hard, wait till they get to the National League. Yeah, wait till they get to the Astros. Wait till they get to, you know, whoever's left. Although the Braves and uh, Dodgers are the favorites, and they've lost. Oh, so maybe right. this yeah. is the year. Maybe this is the year. But I digress. Tonight is the big J.D. Vance-Tim Ryan second debate, and it's not seen statewide, which, you know, with the Guardians playing, I doubt very many people We'll see it. And what I find interesting about this is two things. Number one, the media coverage is decidedly slanted toward Ryan. Of course it is. I was laughing. Today I saw a tweet when I came in. Oh, the Cleveland Plain Dealer endorsed Tim Ryan. Woo! Big endorsement. He got Tim Ryan. And I'm like, having worked at the Plain Dealer for 18 years, I can tell you that uh, it is not a shock to me that a newspaper masquerading as down the middle and nonpartisan would endorse a candidate like Tim Ryan, who is masquerading as a moderate. They fit each other perfectly in their duplicity. I also note that in this story from USA Today about the upcoming second Vance-Ryan debate, Uh, It says that Vance is hitting Ryan over high inflation rates and economic uncertainty coming coming out of the pandemic. Vance is also trying to link Ryan to Biden, whose presidential approval ratings are hovering in the low to mid 40s. According to this writer, David Jackson of the Cincinnati Enquirer, Vance is trying to link Ryan to Biden. Now, this would be a place where, when I was a newspaper reporter, I would have noted during the last congressional session, Tim Ryan voted with Joe Biden 100% of the time. I would either present a fact that affirms or refutes this effort by J.D. Vance to tie Tim Ryan to Joe Biden. That fact exists. Why is that fact not reported? Well, that fact is not reported, as you well know, because it makes Tim Ryan look like the lying fraud he is in contending he's moderate, or as he has contended at some junctures, independent. 
I think it's a little bit of a hard sell saying, yeah, I'm an independent. When you have voted with the Democratic president 100% of the time. So they're going to debate tonight. Now, where does this race stand? Here's the other thing I find really interesting. When you look at 538.com, that's Nate Silver's site. It's an analytics site. It aggregates polls and it's drunk on data at 538.com. And they list all the polls for the Senate race, and they grade them according to their veracity, their reliability, the way they conduct it. Are they tilting the results one way or the other? Or are they putting their foot on the scale? It's uh, very interesting to me that the top poll that 538, which purports to be nonpartisan, the poll that 538 says gets its best grade for authenticity and fairness, the Trafalgar Group, is a, they, they note, a partisan pollster for the Republican Party. Yet 538 gives them an A-minus rating because of the way that they do their polling. It's fair. Center Street PAC, they note, is a partisan pollster for the Democratic Party. And Center Street PAC is a partisan pollster for the Democratic Party. And neither one of them gets a grade from 538.com. They don't even think they're good enough to get a grade. Now, why would they think that at 538.com? Because the Center Street PAC, Democratic hack outfit, has Tim Ryan up 43 to 35. Has Tim Ryan up by eight points. The Center Street PAC, the uh, second one, has uh, Ryan up by 11 points. What do the other polls have it? Trafalgar has Vance 47-44. Uh, Signal Group, which 538 gives a B-plus grade to, has Vance 45, Ryan 44. And Siena College, which gets an A rating, has Ryan 46, Vance 43. So this is like when you have a heavyweight championship fight and you have three judges, and two of the judges score it uh, eight rounds for the champ, seven rounds for the challenger, two judges. And they go to the third judge, and he's like, I got the challenger 14 to 1. So you know that guy is invested in seeing what he wants to see. And any poll that has these two separated at all is seeing what it wants to see or getting the result that it wants to get. Now, as you look at these polls from the very beginning, this is what the interesting part is. 538 notes that the first poll was taken in October of 2021. Okay? October of 2021, which was... Before, Vance was even the Republican nominee. So it was basically like, who are you going to vote for? And that was when Ryan was running against what was, what was the girl from Cleveland. She had no chance. Anyway, back then it was 37 for the Dem, 36 for the Republican. The poll has not moved. The poll has not separated more than three points either way since then. Which tells me that it's hard to get a beat on this race because there are many, many voters. Most voters are already locked in. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.